0: Welcome to the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Are you an educator who is currently feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, or wondering if you can continue to do this work? Visualize yourself back in the interview chair. You were genuine, sincere, and full of passion. You convinced the group of people that you were the best person for the job, and you believed it. That is the real you. Thank you for joining me as I take you back to the interview chair to remind you of why you wanted to become an educator. Welcome to episode five of the interview chair. Today's topic, not everything is a level 10. Ask any teacher what they believe to be one of the biggest classroom challenges facing them in their work today with students and chances are they will bring up managing student behavior. At least that's my experience. Ask any administrator and you're likely to get the same response. This past week I got an email from a teacher who was quite frankly disgruntled with what she described as a lack of support from the administration regarding issues of student discipline. In her words, she said, students are not being held accountable for their behavior and they're being allowed to do whatever they want because they know they won't, there won't be any consequences. And I certainly understood her frustration. After all, It's not the first time I've heard such concerns raised. Not surprisingly, I've been privy to similar conversations, if I'm being honest, with administrators regarding their frustrations with staff members who felt they either ignored inappropriate behavior or, in their words, just want the students punished. So as I reflected on this teacher's email this week, it got me thinking, where's the disconnect? How can we begin to reflect on our own practices to cultivate a school, climate, or culture for that matter, in which both teachers and administration work together to carry the banner for one another in a positive way when it comes to addressing student behavior and acknowledging it is a challenging part of our work? So here's what I know. It's February. Heck, the groundhog just saw his shadow, so you know what that means. Six more weeks of winter, which also means six more weeks of darkness. That means we're going to be getting up folks and it's going to be dark when we drive to work and it's going to be dark when we get home. And when that begins to happen, we slowly, slowly can begin to lose our way. We're a little tired, maybe a little frustrated, maybe even a little agitated. And quite frankly, feeling the pressure and the stress that goes with this time of the year. And we can almost predict that. And so this past week I was working in a district. And I asked the teachers and administrators if they'd do me a favor. I asked them to write down what are the things right now that are elevating them to what I call a level 10. In other words, what's raising their blood pressure? What are the things that are frustrating them? And so I gave them time to reflect on that. And I want to share a few items that they shared with me from their list. Here are the things I heard. Kids being mean. Kids just refusing to work a lack of communication from administration, no parental support, too many initiatives, and on and on and on. Ironically, the administration shared similar things. They were too were frustrated with student behaviors, especially like vaping. Heck, in one school, they started shutting down the bathrooms because they were so frustrated with the number of kids vaping. They talked about teachers being negative. They were frustrated with teachers who didn't want to quote-unquote, work outside the contract day, or some teachers failing too many kids, definitely frustrated with unreasonable parents, and yes, you guessed it, frustrated with central office not communicating in their opinions effectively. It was interesting as we began to reflect on that, all the things that were elevating our teachers and our administrators to what I call the level 10. So here's what I want you to reflect on. What are you elevating to a level 10? And more importantly, why are you elevating these things to a level 10? Here's how I see it. And I want to be a little careful here because I get it. And I'm not judging it, not being critical, but I am going to ask you to reframe it. So reframe it this way. What if we were to take level 10 and see it as, well, what would happen if today we've got a call or a radio message about some stranger or some intruder in our building. Would that elevate you to a level 10? I'm sure it would. Worried that your students may be in danger, worried that someone would come in and hurt a staff member. My friends, those, is, those are the types of things, excuse me, that I consider a level 10. Or what about a faculty member or a student who has a medical emergency? Can you see it? Having to call 911, perhaps get out a defibrillator, worried that some child or some adult is in danger and you're worried for their safety, those to me are the level 10s. Anything that has to do with safety, I categorize in the level of 8, 9, and 10. But for whatever reason, my sense is, is that today, more than ever, educators and administrators together are elevating things to level 10s that sometimes aren't level 10s. In other words, everything's a level 10. And the danger here is, is that when we at work elevate everything to a level 10, my worry is that we take that level 10 and we take it home and it remains a level 10 at home as well. And that's what I'm worried about. The mental health of our staff and our students due to the pressures that they're facing to the pacing of the job, the amount of things that we're being asked to do and sometimes required to do. So I'm gonna ask you to reframe that and begin to see it differently. Ironically, once I asked the teachers and the administrators to go back to the interview chair and ask themselves, so how would you manage a student who is refusing to work? Walk us through what that would look like. See, if you see it that way, if you go back to the interview chair, For whatever reason, in the interview chair, that same scenario that today we're putting at a level eight or nine or 10 that is frustrating us and elevating us and creating stress in our lives, back in the interview chair, that was like a one or a two. Remember what we said? That, well, first of all, every kid has a story. My job is to understand that story. Look, I've never met a kid who wanted to be a failure, but I met a lot of kids who kind of lost their way. I can promise you this, I'm not going to quit on that student. In fact, part of the reason I love this work and I want to be a teacher is because I want to work with students like that. See, those are the things we said in the interview chair, how we wanted to be their champion, how we would never quit on them, how we would do whatever it takes, right? That is what we said in the interview chair, and yet today we're finding ourselves elevated to 8s, 9s, and 10s and now wanting to remove these students from class, frustrated with them, sometimes even putting in the hallway, or quite frankly, failing some of these students who are refusing to work in our classrooms. Look, I'm not suggesting that students should not be disciplined for inappropriate behaviors, or that people should not receive consequences when they breach a policy. What I'm suggesting is that we keep things in perspective and respond accordingly based on a comparison of how serious one violation is compared to another. So let me ask you this question, reflect on this for a moment. Can you identify an event in hindsight now when you may have caused an undercurrent that resulted in you hurting your culture? In other words, trust or hurting someone's feelings or perhaps the perception about you. Now ask yourself, what is within your capacity to mediate this undercurrent? Our egos can make us stubborn at times, would you agree? Most of us don't wanna begin by looking internally to see how we contribute to the undercurrents in our culture. This is another reason why we must take time to recalibrate as a staff. People, it is February. We can already predict that people are starting to get tired. But what if we were intentional? What if we brought our staff back together and we put everybody in the interview chair and we asked these types of questions? How would you respond to this? How would you deal with this? How would you manage this? i believe that our responses would be much much more effective and quite frankly would lower that level of intensity back into a level of ones and twos and threes where most of these really are but yet we've now taken them to another level a perspective of shared ownership with our staff will not only help us see it differently but help us respond differently to it as well how do we create a culture where we give each other permission to be great where we help each other be great. So we help each other not lose our ways. See, to me undercurrents are like smoke in our eyes. They will burn us if we aren't paying attention. So quite frankly, I'm asking you to start paying attention. It took me years to see that more often than not that I was the undercurrent. Your challenge will come in unlearning as it did for me. So what are you willing to unlearn? Are you willing to let things go that in most cases have been staples in our practice for years and yet have contributed to our undercurrents that we continue to create in our culture, which therefore impacts morale? This will take both courage and intentional discipline on your part. My friends, lip service will not work. To cultivate hope, you will need to first pay attention. And if you pay attention, you will find the undercurrents are talking to you and you need to listen to them. The more you listen, the more you will avoid them. And over time, you will see them more clearly through the smoke and continue to grow and develop into a better version of yourself. My friends, it's time to recalibrate. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And I hope that you will join me each week as I try my very best to take you back to the interview chair. Because I know this, that when you sat in that interview chair, that, my friends, was the best version of you. Be sure to check out my website at jimmycostas.com backslash the interview chair for links, resources, and show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Costas underscore Jimmy you enjoyed today's show from the interview chair, subscribe to Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast to ensure you never miss an episode.